welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Jackson. Arts Access Florida is a comprehensive initiative designed to shine a spotlight on your neighborhood's diverse arts organizations. Each episode will highlight their programs and more importantly, amplify the voices of the people they impact. Conversations, community, and connections. That is the value in engaging with your local arts organizations. Arts access equals arts access. Support for Arts Access Florida comes from the Community Foundation Tampa Bay. Championing philanthropy, encouraging and connecting givers to bring lasting good, investing in education and economic mobility. Learn more at cftampabay.org. In this special bonus episode of the Arts Access Florida podcast, we speak with Power Stories Theater about their upcoming Voices of Women Theater Festival. This event will showcase performances that put a spotlight on female experiences within our communities while celebrating their contributions to the arts and other areas of society as a whole. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to have you join us today. So let's jump right into it. Hey, Deb, um, let's start with you. So Power Stories Theater is putting on a Voices of Women Theater Festival. And I see that your press material says that the event will help to lift the voices of women in playwright. So can you tell our audience what that means and what we have to look forward to? Oh, absolutely. Did you know that 85% of the works right now on Broadway are written and directed by men? More than ever, our goal is to showcase and elevate women's voices with the festival over two weeks. We have two shows live in the theater and 12 live streamed from our virtual stage on Wednesday through Sunday, October 6th through 17th. And it, it basically, the Voices of Women's Theater Festival puts 18 women playwrights in the driver's seat with relatable stories, um, comedies, dramas, shorts, full length. I mean, there's literally something for everybody. And these shows are written by women with powerful roles for women that are meaningful because these stories aren't coming from a male perspective. They only assume they know what our female life experience is, but I really think that's why a lot of the plays and musicals are so one-dimensional and kind of lifeless because unless he's walked in our high heels and worried about what he's wearing or clutched a pair of keys in his hand as a weapon, I mean, how can a male writer experience our day-to-day -day life to tell our authentic story? The Voices of Women Theater Festival gives these women that platform. Well, Deb, thank you for sharing that. I, I was not aware that 85% of the playwrights written were by men. That is, that's a big deal. And I think that should change we're doing our small part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, so I see that this is also in collaboration with Throughline, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a theatrical theater company. Can you tell us what Throughline is and how this partnership began? Oh, wonderful. We are actually, we look for different um, theater companies that kind of either follow or have the same kind of mission statement that we do. We have similar mission statements. Ours is to tell true stories, to open hearts and minds, 
and theirs is to share stories that elevate and enlighten. So it was an absolute perfect match for us to work together to present this festival. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Sherry, I have a question for you. Um, speaking of where all things began, I'm eager to know the backstory of this festival. Um, what sort of goals or vision did you have when you were creating this new opportunity? I know for uh, a long time we've represented and presented things that have been written by women, uh, not intentionally primarily necessarily but we um, most of us are coming from that perspective mm -hmm. and because of that we just wanted the opportunity for women to tell powerful stories the the same statistics that um, deb was mentioning we wanted to give them a platform and an opportunity to just be able to tell a great story that also happens to come from a woman's point of view and um not only are the vast majority of the plays written by men, they're also written by white men. So we wanted to give the more uh, people of color, women of color, different perspectives of the diversity of ages and races. We wanted to give them a platform as well to express what's going on in their lives. And a lot of the plays um, are also, also represent how they were affected by Black Lives Matter and the pandemic and all of that is really at the crux of what we're seeing socially. So we felt these voices were really important. And I'm so glad you mentioned uh, the point of diversity because not only are you providing a platform for women's voices, but as you said, you've chosen to bring lots of diversity to the table. What is your thought process as you choose this lineup, these different stories? Well, of course, we want to have great stories and we want to present great theater, but we also felt like they needed to be strong, uh, not only well written in all of the uh, general classic terms, but we wanted to make sure that that it was a voice that was clear and had something to say or it was something that really represented the daily life that we're all going through or or that we have gone through a lot of them. Um, also take us back a little bit into the past, some of them a little further. And there's a lot of lessons there that they, they taught us. We, we need to make sure that uh, we're picking up on those and those women's voices are heard. One of them is about um, the first US Congresswoman and um, how that happened and what her journey was like. And most of us had never heard her name. Wow. So this gives us the opportunity to learn about what women before us have done. Right, and that just speaks volumes to um, just our history in America. There are so many untold stories and unknown names of unknown women. Uh, let's hear from some of the playwrights. Uh, Carolyn, this one's for you. I see you have a play that's called In McClintock's Corn. Uh, what is this about and what was your inspiration behind this? Uh, well, this is, um, this is about um, the geneticist Barbara McClintock, and um, I know that doesn't sound terribly exciting, but it actually is. Um, it's about a woman who was attempting to have a career in the sciences in the 1920s, um, which wasn't easy, but she was also lesbian. She was also gender nonconforming. She wore men's clothes a lot, didn't really care about clothes, honestly. And, um, and her partnership with um, another scientist, um, Harriet Crichton, who was very much um, like she was, 
And the play is a lot of fun because the whole thing takes place in a cornfield mm -hmm. and we keep revisiting that. That's, you know, she studied corn genetics. Mm -hmm. So we see the cornfield at different places and times, but it's always a cornfield. And the play takes them through the depression, through the rise of Hitler in, in Berlin, through World War II, through the atomic era with the discovery of the DNA structure, Watson and Crick. And it ends um, when Barbara is in her 80s and she wins a Nobel Prize. So it's following a very unusual relationship um, between these two women and their struggle in a male-dominated field. But also, I feel like uh, it says something really important. Barbara was autistic, and that was another thing I wanted to put on the stage. And she, um, she had an intense relationship with the corn. She grew it generation after generation. She crossbred it. She understood it. She studied it under a microscope. And um, she was just so far ahead of her time, not seeing nature as some kind of backdrop for human drama. She really understood that all life is interconnected and um, that we, we haven't cracked the code on anything, that we are, what we don't know is far greater than what we do know. Um, she was reverent and humble in her approach to science, which we are finally coming around to realizing is something we should have been doing all along. So the play covers a lot of, a lot of different things. How did you uh, learn about Barbara? Um, were you doing research and came across her name? Was this a story that you've known of for years? Tell me more about how you came across her. Well, I read a biography of her 30 years ago, and I knew I really wanted to write about her because she was so unusual and brilliant. Mm -hmm. She was just brilliant and making connections, right. really, really asking what is life. And um, but 30 years ago, I was, you know, in my 30s, maybe my early yeah, 30s, mm -hmm. and I just so I just kept pushing it, you know, and I would every five years or so, I would read something else and take a whole pile of notes and then just put it to the side. And then finally, uh, two years ago, it was time to write the play. Mm -hmm. And in the writing of it, I came to understand that I was autistic also. So that was a bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. But also, I realized I could not have written the play any sooner because now I'm in my late 60s. And there are things that you understand about life when you have lived a lot of it mm -hmm. and seen a lot of eras come and go. And of course, Barbara is, uh, was in college in the 1920s and I was in college in the 70s. But it, there's still just, you know, our lives have covered a long span. And it's, um, yeah, so I really could not have written the play I wanted to write about her until I was old. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's a powerful testimony. And the fact that you learned about her 30 years ago and you were telling, you're helping to share her story today, she left an impact on you and she does have a very unique background. And I really feel that her story should be portrayed. So thank you for choosing Barbara. I really want to, now I want to watch. Uh, you mentioned also, um, you, you placed a really important emphasis on uh, diversity and also um, non-gender conformity. And there are so many helpful messages in this work about Barbara. And I think it's just in a perfect example of how um, society shouldn't assume social standards. Um, because Barbara definitely did not 
fit into that and and she shouldn't um so i really think that's powerful well it's nice to realize that today women are nowhere near stigmatized to the degree that she was mm -hmm. um you know she just really had a great deal of difficulty trying to wear the women's clothing of the 20s plus you know her job was out in the field mm -hmm. she was having to be a farmer half the time um so you know it's nice to see that some things have moved but other things haven't um and she made a very bold choice she chose to be stigmatized and isolated but true to herself right. and she paid a very high price for that but on the other hand, she was able to devote 100% of her attention to what she cared about, which was not clothing, not makeup, not, you know, climbing the ladder and promotions and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was, she's been a role model for me for all these years mm -hmm. because um, that choice to be, um, men don't have to make this choice usually, but women have to choose between being respected uh, or approved of. Mm -hmm. And Barbara won people's respect, but they consistently disapproved of her. And uh, that takes a lot of courage. And as I say, she's been a role model for me because I am attempting to choose the respect route mm -hmm. and not the approval route. Well, I, 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 for one, am looking forward to hearing her story, and I hope that after um, your audience views it, hopefully Barbara is a household name. People know <laughs> who she is and what she stood for and um, it impacts someone's life. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Deb, I'm going to throw this one to you. Um, so I must say, the title of your play, Once Upon a... <laughs> seems to have a little comedic side to it, which I love. <laughs> um, I feel like your work is something that we can all relate to in different points of our life. So tell us more about your playwright. Sure. I'm used to making people cry with my plays. So this was a challenge. I challenged myself to attempt a comedy because it's harder to get a laugh than it is to get a tear. Mm -hmm. And my play is about a writer with writer's block. And it literally came to life because I was having writer's <laughs> block. And I visualized my characters helping me tell their own story. And then suddenly I had a comedy about a woman writing a play about a woman writing a play that had a beginning, middle and an end. And I was like, okay, I guess we can write comedy now. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit of an escapism, some fluff. Yeah because there's a lot of dramatic pieces in this festival and this one if you don't walk away with a smile then I didn't do my job. Can you give us a little sample of the comedic side in this? Well, there are two characters that are trying to meet in a romance and the writer just can't make up her mind so you will actually see the characters take on every single role whether it's guy and a guy, a girl and a girl, a girl and a guy, they have to emulate what she's describing in the page. So I don't want to give too much right. away because it, it'll, it's, it's a short play. It's part of the night of shorts. So it's only about a 30 minute play. So just know that there are some cute unexpected moments and maybe or maybe not the characters will get together. Okay. Well, I can already relate to this because you mentioned um, the character couldn't make up their mind, and that is 
literally me. So um, <laughs> it's a relatable performance, I see. <laughs> it's been awesome speaking with you all today. Uh, before we go, is there anything you all would like to add? Yeah, we hope everyone will come and see a show or two or buy a festival pass and see all these great stories. Because one of the coolest things, and I honestly, personally, I think is the best part is after each production, we get together on Zoom and we do a talk back with the playwright and the director and cast. So even if you can't physically be in the theater with us, we still can all get together on Zoom and answer questions or listen to comments. And it's just an entirely different experience to actually talk to the patrons and get their responses. It really truly is my favorite part of the festival. And you can get your tickets at powerstories.com and just click on the Voices of Women Theater Festival schedule. And you can click on um, the schedule and read about the 18 playwrights bios and also a synopsis of all the shows that are gonna be featured in our festival. Wonderful, is there anything else anyone wants to share? I just wanted to thank you all for being here, and um, I feel very privileged to be part of this uh, festival. Just want to let everybody know the tickets are $15 for an individual ticket or $99 for a festival pass, and you can enjoy in the theater two shows or from the comfort of your home, wherever you are, any one of the shows, because it will be all live streamed. And what's super cool, what play, um, Power Stories is doing the playwrights are getting $3 for every one of their tickets sold. Well, Deb, Sherry, and Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure getting to know each and every one of you and learning about the performances and what we can expect in October. Um, the Voices of Women Theater Festival is such a wonderful opportunity for female artists to showcase their work. By utilizing their platform, Power Stories Theater is not only uplifting the voices of women, but it's providing impactful stories of female experiences throughout history. Performances like these are pushing against the assumed values that have embodied the female experiences for so long. If more organizations did this, we can truly reach equality for all walks of life. To learn more about Power Stories Theater's Voices of Women Theater Festival, please visit our show notes. I'm Brianna Jackson, and you have been listening to the Arts Access Florida podcast. This show is a product of WUSF Public Media with the help of our sponsors, the Community Foundation Tampa Bay and Gobioff Foundation. Our show is produced by Malika Hollist, Aliyah Moffitt, Chandler Balcom, and Leslie Laney. A special thanks to our editor, Scott Walkler, and our entire engineering team. You can find out more information, performances, and other content that our local groups are creating by following us on Facebook or Instagram and visiting our website, artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L.org. Copyright 2021, WUSF Public Media.